Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone <laughs> yeah, talk show. Joe's on delay. On the mark. <laughs> I'm a four-second delay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, tomorrow it'll be a five-second right. delay. And the next day, <laughs> that's the way things go. Uh, Joe brought a fire extinguisher and a broken flagstaff with me. I'm assuming we're going to enjoy well, we're some, a riot today. some legitimate political discourse. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I always have legitimate political discourse while I'm beating people over the head with flagpoles. Not just beating anyone. You. Being no beating police officers. <laughs> no, well. How does that... Uh, I understand I understand why the um, uh, Republican National Committee would want to say that that's legitimate political discourse, the riot. I, I get that. But how do they say, okay, we're for law enforcement, unless, of course, we have a fire extinguisher, then we whack you over the head with it. How well, does I think that, that was a very ill-considered statement on the part of the Republican National Committee, to be honest with you. How you can call that legitimate political discourse is beyond mm-hmm. me. I mean, even if you point out... Without pointing out that not uh, that most of the people there were expressing legitimate political discourse. Right, protesters. The minority were violent, insane, uh, frothing at the mouth. I don't know what what else you would call them. 700 I mean, criminals. Unless they were mentally ill, they knew what they were doing was wrong. Well, there's a mental illness going around. It's called the RNC. Oh, that was called liberalism. I <laughs> See, isn't it funny how <laughs> uh, people accuse liberals of having a mental illness, and that is perfectly legitimate political discourse. But then if Unless anybody... Unless I beat you over the head with a flagpole at the same time. Right. If anybody has a conscience or they want to work with January 6th committee, nope, rebuke them. You know, but it's interesting how the Republicans get one level of coverage and the Democrats get another. It's like the Joe Rogan issue. You know, the liberals are frothing at the mouth, get rid of him, cut him off. But you don't hear them saying a thing about Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, well, Whoopi apologized. Well, she Let's was widely publicized. What are you talking about? No, I mean, you don't hear the liberals c- coming down on her, demanding her firing or her discharge. Well, why should you be... <laughs> I think there's a difference between somebody using the N-word and somebody saying they they didn't realize or didn't used to think of being Jewish people as a race the way, you know, Hitler did. But the I salient think one point is, is that, that, that she apologized, and so did Joe Rogan. Now, if we're going to accept the apology of one, why would we not accept the apology of the other? Joe Rogan's the third item on CBS's app. I'm not sure that's a barometer of anything really well, He was number one on MSNBC this morning. Okay, right. So he's being talked about, and so, so is uh, Whoopi. No, but I'm, I'm saying, shouldn't their apologies be enough? Oh, for Joe Rogan. For both well, of them. For both of them. Joe Rogan, in his defense, says he uses the N-word the way you and I might use the word Republican or uh, Democrat to, to when we're arguing with each other to sort of explain just to describe a, a person. I understand using the N word is bad, but podcasts are different. You know, if you listen to a podcast, they I was listening to or or satellite. 
they say, oh, uh, you know, G, D, F, right. you know, talking about Joe well, Biden there, No, whatever. it's not regulated by the FCC. Right. So, I mean, it's full of foul language. And using the N-word is bad, but Joe Rogan said, well, he never really thought of it that way, but he's educating himself, so but good for him. it wasn't something he had done recently. These were years old, as I understand it. Right. Whereas what Whoopi Goldberg said was based on her ignorance of today. Right, and so what? She, so she has to bone up on this. So you learn more about history that uh, thinking of Jews as a race. A lot of people think of it as a religion, well, not, and I, that's fine. But I'm not uh, defending. I'm not defending Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, she apologized. You're did just pointing it. out she the media difference, right? The media difference between how the two are covered, and that's what's so strikingly striking in this country today: the way the liberal media handles things that happen to people on the left, as opposed to things that happened to people on the right. I think Joe Rogan's comments were bad. I mean, they were bad when he made them, and in retrospect, they're bad today. In rather colorful language, he apologized for it, saying when you <laughs> when you have to say, when anything you say starts off with, I, I, I hate to admit I've been called a racist, that you've blanked up. Well, he apparently admitted that <laughs> well, he did. That's, that's satellite for you, or, or, or podcast. Well, we can't possibly say that here. Uh, I'm not a big <laughs> podcast fan. I have, uh, to be really? honest with you, I've never listened to a podcast. In your whole life? Okay. In my whole life. So you watch the Sunday one. shows? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, uh, I'll give you a recommended... I, I, listen, I use Pocket Podcasts, and that's how I listen. I don't watch any of the Sunday shows except Reliable Sources on the TV. And you don't watch Howie Kurtz. I do watch him with my lovely bride. We like to watch him, because that's media analysis. But I don't watch the Sunday shows, but I listen to them. Okay. And... Uh, um, but, but, yeah, podcasts, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I learn a lot. But they all should be called spin cycle. I, you don't learn anything new. All you do is you get political people on there bringing out the talking points that they've been told to bring out. No, you know, no, you never that, get a wide-ranging, in-depth interview. Nobody's told to bring anything out on a podcast. I mean, if no, you... I'm, you're missing my point. I'm oh, talking okay. about the Sunday programs, which you say oh, you listen Sunday to program. on a podcast. Right. I'm saying that all they do is spout whatever it is they've been told to spout. On the Sunday if show. If somebody well, for the administration, I mean, it's all the yeah. administration's wonderful. Joe Biden's working so hard. He stayed up past 11 o'clock last night. Or if it's somebody from the RNC, they're yeah, you know, talking their... Legitimate st- political discourse. We beat people <laughs> over the head with fire extinguishers. Not anybody. <laughs> Cops. Please, right. yeah, specifically. I'm just saying. All right, 1-800-795-9565 on the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Le join, join our political discourse today. It le isn't le, well, What are you, French? Well, I'm trying to get rid of the legitimate because I believe that's where the violence comes in. Okay. But join our political discourse today or maybe there's some other topic you wish to discuss. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. And be sure to add the keywords OTM at the start of your message. Stan, have you ever done that? (laughs) Good morning. Have you ever used the keyword OTM? Uh, Once in a while. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it helps because I get them back and there's like, crap. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Uh I called about more Biden lies last Thursday when he was up in New York City talking about gun control. What did he say? He said that no amendment is absolute. Does that include uh, right the, the amendment that gave uh, the minorities and blacks the right to vote, the free the slaves, that gave the women the right to vote, or the right to uh, not self-incriminate yourself? What's that, the Fifth Amendment? Are those not absolute also? 
Well, they sound absolute. <laughs> well, according to Biden, not all, all all amendments are not absolute. That's what he said out of his out of his mouth. Maybe he's talking so, about uh, efforts in the U.S. to modify voter laws. That would make the uh, right to vote seemingly modi- <laughs> modifiable. I mean, whether you're no, talking he was, about he was talking he was talking Second Amendment time saying Second Amendment is not absolute as a, no amendment is absolute. That's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. So, but he was also lying about the, um, <laughs> not being able to sue firearms manufacturer for, for criminal misuse of firearms, which is true. He says they can't be sued for anything, which is a lie. They could be sued for faulty um, manufacturing, defects in manufacturing, and those types of things. They just can't be sued for somebody criminally misusing their product. Same as a car manufacturer can't be sued. Now, was it Kenosha or Waukesha, Wisconsin? Do you think Ford should be sued because that guy drove that Explorer through that uh, parade, killing all those people and wounding? Should should they be sued? Stan, don't you have to admit, though, that the president has a point. I mean, the the First Amendment guarantees free speech, but there are limits to free speech, like yelling fire in a crowded theater. And there are limits to the right to bear arms. Joe, if there's a fire in a theater, I sure hope somebody's yelling fire. Okay, and the people on the screen yell it too. So no, that's that's not exactly right neither, because people can yell fire in a crowded theater if there's a fire there, <laughs> but not just generally. Well, okay, but if they can't, if they do, and there's not, and they create uh, a hazard or a nuisance, a a panic and stuff, they could be arrested and tried for that, which I understand, because they did something to cause another problem. All right, but. If somebody claims the Fifth Amendment to self, not self-incrimination, is that illegal? No, but it usually is a Can pretty they good be sign. from it? It's usually a pretty good sign that they've got something to hide. <laughs> really? Oh, well, it might be. I don't know. Never been in a court of law had to do that, so I wouldn't know. But, you know, or how about, you know, people being able to vote, the women being able to vote? Yeah, it was part of the... Uh, one of them, I don't remember which one, and the rights of the freed slaves to vote, and that becomes and that they were counted as citizens. Should that be eliminated? Because you know that's not absolute. Well, it's not just the fact that you have the right to vote. Both the national government, and the state governments, pass laws that relate to voting. Look what Governor Wolf did last <laughs> year related to Pennsylvania voting. Look what Democrats want to do in Washington related to national voting. Look what individual states. Uh, I think thirty some states now have. Uh, primarily Republican-led made changes in the way that we vote or voter registration or mail-in laws. So uh, while it is everyone's right to vote and women and uh, included now, but uh, there are a lot of caveats to that. So that's what he's talking about. There are caveats to almost everything. There are very few absolutes. You're not just free to swing your arms wildly. <laughs> well, your your right to swing your arms wildly outside stops at my nose, they say. You know, So I think it's the same thing. That's true. Okay. But him, well, him is saying that, you know, <laughs> he, can, he can't do this, can't do that. You know, he's full of horse dung. But his, but his biggest one, the biggest lie there was the, the firearm manufacturer being sued, not being sued. Can't you see. know, he just, he's full of it. He doesn't uh, know the law. And, you know, knife manufacturers, I guess they should be sued when somebody takes a knife and, and butchers somebody. 
because oh, they no. can. You know, they, they use the knife for the weapon. Well, that's legitimate hey, political discourse. If it's a Republican <laughs> versus Democrat, it's a legitimate political discourse. Yeah, you're All not right. going to let that one oh, go, okay. are you? Well, <laughs> I think it's a sign of mental illness, but anyway. But Stan's uh, quite lucid today with his remarks. So thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Hey, thanks, yeah, Stan. Yeah, Take yeah. care. Go Canadian it. truckers. Right. All right. And that's exactly, isn't that strange? That's, that's exactly the next topic. what <laughs> Brett wants to talk about from Sunbury. It's an open phone stay on WKOK's On The Mark. Brett, you're on, you have the floor. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, I, I'd like to talk about the truckers up in Canada um, you know let me start by saying that the Black Lives Matter went and burnt down buildings they went and destroyed places they went in front of places and lit them on fire and totally destroyed so many places but yet here we have some working class men who are truck drivers for standing for something that they believe in. And the media is trying everything they can to paint these men as bad men. And all they did was park their trucks. Yes, did they make some noise? Yes, they did. But they did not destroy anybody. And these men are standing and they're making a statement. Now again, the monster in the room is the fact that they are standing against the very fact of forced vaccination upon people, okay? And nobody wants to look at what these men are standing for. Everybody wants to see and say, oh, well, they're parking in our place and making noise. <laughs> at no time did any of these men destroy any buildings, did they not set anything on fire, did not beat anybody up. They're making a statement, and they're protesting. Yeah, I, I heard part of this story. It had to do with, and I'm not certain, I, I didn't hear it all, so maybe you have. Supposedly, they were raising money for them on GoFundMe to provide for their fuel and their lodging, and that the GoFundMe folks took it down or canceled the, pro, canceled the, the uh, fundraising effort. Are you familiar with yes. that? Yes, and what they did was is, there, there was people from government who rallied GoFundMe to take it down. Now, to be really honest, if they were going to do that, why didn't they take down Black Lives Matter uh, funding where they destroyed everything? Now, these men did not destroy a thing. All they did was park in the city and say, we're protesting. And you say the media coverage of Black Lives Matter focused on the fact that 99% of the protests were nonviolent without damage. That's what the media focused on. But when it comes to Canada, we're missing the boat. Uh, the media's not focusing sufficiently on that. Does it have anything That's to do right. with the fact that it's another country? Well, I, I really don't know as far as that's concerned. But, you know... When you see Black Lives Matter at one point, we're even in Canada at one point. Um, it was there, global. There was a lot of uh, <laughs> different protests up there with them up there as well. It's a global in movement. Cities. Yeah, it was global. It was all around. Everybody in the world got involved. Right. But my point that I'm trying to stress here is is that GoFundMe, they, they, they raised money for Black Lives Matter, and nobody said anything about it. And they weren't labeled a terrorist movement. But yet here are these men protesting a peaceful protest. 
All they did was park their trucks and lock down the city and said, hey, man, we are protesting the very fact that you are forcing vaccinations not only on us, us working class, but you're forcing it on government people, and now you want to force it on our children. Yeah, okay? It, it doesn't Where sound do like... Where do you draw the line? You're right. It doesn't sound like the Canadian truckers have done anything really outrageous. And as you say, their protest has been largely peaceful. And certainly other demonstrators have blocked traffic and shut down cities and transportation in cities. And no one has gotten overly uh, enraged about that. So from what I've heard about it, it's gone way beyond vaccination. It's about all kinds of I mean, now it has. I know it started with vaccination. That's the reason why they're protesting this. There's so many things to protest for concerning the fact of what the government has been doing. Like, look at the fact that a lot of the deaths and stuff that nobody wants to talk about on the national media with these vaccines. There's so many things that are happening with these vaccines, and the government is lying to the people. Yep. Okay. You think the government's lying to the people? No, I'm just saying, yep, I, I, I hear you. That's I hear what I'm you. saying. Okay. The government is lying to the people right. because there are so many deaths that are taking place from these vaccines. And not only that, but through the vaccines, other people are getting sick through the people who are getting vaccinated, and nobody wants to say it on the media. Everybody wants to be hushed up. We have to hush you up. Actually, we're out of time. No, we're not hushing you, but we do have to move on. But thank you, Brett. And uh, Thanks, Brett. Email more comments at onthemarketwkok.com when you have more to say. Plus, you get another minute later if you so choose. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yep, appreciate that. 1-800-795-9565. Yeah, Canadian truckers, I would agree. You don't get tons and tons of coverage down here, but we have our own stuff to cover, and so this is up in Canada. It started out as vaccinations, but it seems to be like a whole us versus government kind of thing now, as much as I monitor, which isn't that I much. haven't seen anything beyond the uh, the issue of vaccination, vaccination so you're, okay. you're obviously more in tune with this than I am. Well, what else are they protesting? Just two sentences. Uh, any, any government mandate that seems onerous and unreasonable, whether it's vaccination or weapons restrictions or forcing people to see certain doctors instead of the ones they want. They kind of morphed it into any government overstep. So those are specific to Canada issues. Right, yeah, they wouldn't really apply here. You you can see whatever doctor you want. I mean, I think right. as long as you we can afford it. We know President Obama said if you like your policy, you can keep your policy. Well, that if didn't you work like out. your doctor, you can keep your doctor. <laughs> that didn't work out. But you know what I mean. You could you can see the doctor of your choice if... if uh, if as long as your plan right, will pay if for you it. can w- work out the finances. <laughs> All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll have time for one more. Al standing by. He's going to be on the radio shortly. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. 
If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, We won't have time for another caller. Al gets the floor, and that will take us pretty close to the top of the hour. So go ahead, Al. You're on the mark. Morning. Uh, They took $10 million from the GoFundMe, and and they say they're going to refund it to the people that sent them sent the money in to go fund me but uh, it was intended to go to the truckers incidentally that noise you hear is joe playing candy crush <laughs> while you're talking no it's a, a, well, a I message clean up my <laughs> i know he's he's busy though he's but he's stuck at this level if he doesn't get off this level he's going to have a meltdown but anyway go ahead al <laughs> oh joe's a rhino oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh what do you know i didn't know that I called you that before. Um, but anyway, they took $10 million that was intended for the truckers. And those truckers are uh, being civilly disobedient. And another thing that they're taking into mind is they are leaving lanes open for emergency vehicles and actually assisting any emergency vehicles or anything to get around. Well, and the uh, uh, vaccine mandate from Health and Human Services for Medicare hospitals and patients is still in effect, right? That didn't get overturned, just the one that is for larger companies, correct? Well, yes. Okay, so the U.S. My son can't go see my mother because the nursing home where she's at Well, yeah, lots of facilities have lots of rules related to that. I I can get that. Well, this is Canada. We're not we're not uh, imposing the same kind of restrictions Canada's imposing. But I don't think, as a matter of practice, that a guy or woman who drives a truck by themselves alone should be told that they have to take some vaccine to do their job. I mean, if they wear a mask when they go in the terminal or <laughs> make their delivery, that should be good <laughs> enough, <laughs> shouldn't it? Why not? Yes, but as we've said before, you don't believe that when it comes to women and abortion. Yeah, but I mean, that's what we're going on right now because the Supreme Court made a standing that you can have an abortion. Right. So For now. Yeah, for now, it wasn't even a law. It's not even a law, but it's just a, a, a decision from the Supreme Court. And I can tell you, and I don't know what it is, it might be the Holy Spirit, but yeah, I think if we would get rid of abortion, make a new covenant with the Lord, 
and all this other stuff would straighten itself out. Last time we had a covenant with the Lord, Abraham Lincoln did it after the Civil War to make amends for our ill behavior of having slavery. I'm sorry, Abraham Lincoln was dead before the Civil War ended. Well, he did make an amendment. Uh, you're talking about the 15th, you're talking about the 15th, well, I don't know, not, not certain what you're talking about. He certainly pushed the 15th Amendment to end slavery. He, uh, he had the, signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. Well, this speech in Gettysburg really directed a lot toward God and Okay. Actually, I think you're probably thinking about his second inaugural address with malice toward none, with liberty for all. Let those who have borne the battle. Oh, brother. <laughs> but it, it's also in the First Amendment. It's right there in plain view. Every life has a right. And they're arguing when does life start. And, and life is supposed to be free and uh, to do what you want to do. And uh, you pay the consequences at the end. So the way you want to live is up to you. And that's all these truckers want. They want to live the way they want to live and not be told to put some vaccine that is still experimental in your body. <laughs> Actually, they've been given final approval for the Pfizer, haven't they, and the Moderna. It's still experimental of, in his mind, though. Okay, but I mean, they have... Al, they'll always be experimental until maybe, what do you think, maybe 10 years of successful use well, of vaccines? I, I did the, the two vaccinations, but I'm not going to do any more. No more um, boosting. <laughs> no more boosting. I was right. kind of, you know, pushed that way, and everybody's pushing it that way. I was pushed that way by, um, you know, professionals that said, this would be good for you. You know, you have some comorbidities. Um, you should go ahead and do this. Did you get COVID yet? Uh, no. Good I, for I, you. Right away, I started exercising and, and dieting and took vitamin D and zinc and some other all right, to be continued. Thank you so much, Al. we got to hit yeah, the road. Thanks, Al. Yeah, appreciate the call. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Write that down. We are enjoying open phones, talking about Canadian truckers and uh, both uh, topics we talked about today. How much does the media change what we hear? Media misstating Canadian trucking issues, according to one of our good callers, so we can discuss that. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On The Mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Rob Sanders on the other side of the glass where he belongs. We're glad to see him there. Hey, hi. I'm here too. I know. I'm getting to you. Be patient. I'm the co-star. I get top billing over the producer. Hold on, Rob. (laughs) And thank you so much for Joe for coming in. Thank uh, you. Thank you for acknowledging my presence. During your retirement and your uh, grandchild quality time. I hope we're not taking you away from them for too long here. Well, actually, you're taking me away from... Something I would be doing if I weren't here. <laughs> Not certain what that would Philetics. be. <laughs> Philetics. Uh, well, I went to the gym. I might go to the gym later. That's athletics. What about, uh, what, what do you call your study of stamps? 
I don't study stamps. I'm a numismatist. Uh, oh, a numismatist. That's, that's a philatelist. Right. A philatelist. I never liked that term. What do you? I do philately. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I hope not Sounds fatally. Sounds obscene, doesn't, doesn't it? Yeah, if you die doing that, it would be a fatal philatelist. <laughs> but uh, anyway. That sounds like uh, a Perry Mason You're invention. a numismatist. The case of the fatal philatelist. Numismatics. So you're st- you're, you like numis- numismatics. Right. Okay. Coins and currency. Okay. All right. So that's Joe. You can see why I didn't give him first billing. It's so prolonged. Now but you mention Rob. Rob is back. He's a great <laughs> producer, so we appreciate him returning we to the On the Mark Yes, show. we missed so, Rob. Yes, desperately. <laughs> yeah, having Kevin over there did not help the ball club. So Rob is back, so we're happy about that. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. We're glad to have them on board. I don't have any scheduled opportunities to drive another vehicle until this afternoon, but when that happens, I'll go to Sunbury. SunburyMotors.com, check out a vehicle that they have on the lot, and then go down there and pick it up, and we'll talk to Jason and Jeff and make sure that we got uh, everything we need to know about the vehicle in store, and I'll come up here and tell you all about it. I've been trying to keep you informed about the e- E-Mock Mustangs that they got, and the Broncos, and the Excursion, and I drove an F-350 truck around the parking lot, which is a little, uh, it's very nerve-wracking, because there's so much you can't see around you. But that was fun, and I hope the township that bought it (laughs) isn't disappointed that it has an eighth of a mile on it uh, from a local radio guy. But uh, anything you want to drive, they got it at the Sunbury Motor Company. New, pre-owned, SUV, two-door sedan, you name it, they got it. And uh, yeah, check out the Hyundai Santa Fe. Boy, what a vehicle. That thing's uh, just a perfect, tiny little SUV. You can put uh, a couple of things in the back, but high gasoline mileage, but it's all-wheel drive, and that's a great vehicle. That's just another example. So the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf. Uh, check them out. If you don't need a new vehicle, remember the Quick Lane is open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you want to get your car worked on and get your tires rotated, 6.30 a.m. on Saturday, you'll be there when they open up and they'll take good care of you right off the bat. SunburyMotors.com is the place to start out. we got our uh, new opportunity to drive a vehicle today, so I'll let you you know how that goes when I get back in tomorrow morning, but it's a great opportunity for you to save a lot of money and for me to find out more about these wonderful vehicles. Uh, our toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. So far, we talked a little bit about Joe Rogan. Uh, he has uh, used the N-word in the past, so he and Spotify pulling down some of his podcast where he did that, and uh, vaccine mandates as it relates specifically to Canadian truckers, and then one of our good callers uh, said, it's funny how the liberals are all upset about the noise of the Canadian truckers, but they don't really mind that Black Lives Matter sometimes, in very rare cases, turn violent. It's kind of funny and ironic and hypocritical, so maybe you have a reaction to that. And of course, we talked a little bit this morning about uh, the Republican National Committee rebuking uh, Adam Kinsey. And Liz Cheney for participating in the January 6th insurrection uh, investigation that's underway in Washington, and also said that the Capitol riot was just legitimate political discourse. Now, my skip the death toll that came out of it. I think like more than a half dozen people died either that day or shortly no, no, thereafter. No, one person died that day. Well, didn't any one of the cops die that day? No. Oh, okay. Well, in the weeks ahead, and they committed suicide, wasn't it? Right. No right. one actually died from as the result of direct 
um, what, I think the assault. police officer died from his injuries, but I really? could be wrong okay. on that. I, I'm not familiar with Well, that. regardless, there certainly are deaths attributed to the legitimate political discourse and fighting police and uh, assaulting them and putting bear spray in their eyes. It doesn't, doesn't seem like legitimate political discourse to me. But, of course, one of the previous Republicans also said that it was uh, just normal tourist behavior. And, so. you know, it's, you know, everybody's saying, oh, the Republicans are coming down on Liz Cheney and what's that other congressman's name? Adam Kensinger. Adam Kensinger. And look who's going out to uh, campaign against one member of her own party in a congressional race, Olivia Ocasio-Cortez. Is she? So, in other words, we're trying, you know, it's terrible that the Republicans are trying to silence these two maverick Republicans, but there's no problem with a good progressive well, going out think, trying to scuttle another incumbent But don't Democrat. you have freedom of speech? Uh, sure. We saw in the Fox News interviews over the weekend that uh, uh, Lisa Murkowski and uh, West Virginia, Joe Manchin, Manchin are often campaigning for people of the other party because they are have been working with them and they work right. in a bipartisan positive like Manchin fashion. Manchin just came out and endorsed Lisa Murkowski. So, so right. So and they're opposite political parties. So uh, I that doesn't strike me as all that unusual. It seems to me that no, it's trying to it's trying to silence the reason it's being done. Oh, I see. I mean, I think it's it's okay if you have a political philosophy and that person agrees with you. I don't have a problem with it, but punishment for daring to be independent or to think outside the box, that's what bothers me. I mean, I don't think Olivia Ocasio-Cortez should be campaigning against uh, good Democrats who are doing their job and, you know, that she disagrees with. So rebuking an independent thinker is bad. I think so. Okay, so why I, would the Republican National Committee rebuke Adam? They shouldn't. They and, should not have. Or the, I believe the Wyoming Republicans also rebuked Liz Cheney, Did which they? is well, where she's that's, from. That's very sad. So, okay, well, they Although shouldn't. I can understand they don't think and I was surprised. I saw Jason Chaffetz, who I usually think is a fairly intelligent person. He was on uh, with Howie Kurtz yesterday. Who's he? Jason Chaffetz, a former congressman. Okay. And he he was arguing that uh, the Republicans should censure these two, that they really weren't uh, Republicans by participating in this uh, sham, as he called it, where Partisan the Democrats <laughs> where the right where the Democrats appointed the Republican members. Now I think he's got a point there. I think the Republicans right. should have been able to appoint their own members to the January 6th commission. But if two members of the Republican Party chose to participate, that's on. That's and up to the them. then the two gyms would be on it then. So we know what that would be. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, open phones, 1-800-795-9565. That's a glimpse of actual legitimate political discourse, since we're on the topic. Uh, you can email us at onthemarket.kok.com and text us at 70236 uh, with the keyword OTM. we got tons of messages to read and one call waiting. So let me scan through the headlines very briefly here. An out-of-state woman is facing a series of charges after coming to our area and giving a restaurant worker a note saying she was being kidnapped. State troopers at Milton say Felicia Nettles of Arlington, Texas, was at a restaurant near Lewisburg Sunday morning. She passed a note to the waitstaff claiming she needed help, she was being kidnapped, and she should call 911. Of course, the facility, the waitstaff, or the supervisors there called 911 immediately. Uh, Nettles revealed to police, though, that it was just humor. It was a joke. She was just kidding and wanted to record the waitstaff 
staff's reaction so she could post it on social media. She said, in fact, it wasn't a serious incident. Well, police disagreed and filed charges against Nettles. Local business and community leader Dave Geist died last week. He was 75, well-known as CEO and president of Furman Foods for over 35 years, but also a leader in a number of endeavors in Pennsylvania, local Boy Scouts troop, Penn State Ag Advisory Board, Meadowbrook Christian School, just to name a few. Uh, you can read more about his obituary at WKOK.com and also where to donate if you wish to do a memorial donation to uh, several uh, positive endeavors. Dave Geis uh, died last great week. Guy, a great guy. A good friend. M- met him just once or twice. Interviewed him one time about prayer at a board meeting <laughs> at Furman's, but that was an interesting well, I worked with him in the chamber for many years, and Dave was an outstanding person. He okay. will be missed. Yeah, th- 40-some decades of uh, business acumen uh, no, appropriately applied. 40 decades would make him a Oh, four decades. Thank you. <laughs> Authorities say a female guard at the Snyder County Prison has been arrested on felony attempted sexual assault charges. Police say 32-year-old Lindsay Dyer of Beavertown Friday. Uh, they discovered she was planning to have sex with an inmate and sent sexual pictures, letters, and voice contact with that inmate. Dyer was arraigned and is free on bail. Rock Red for Healthy Hearts with Evangelical Community Hospitals underway. Dr. Sean McLaughlin invites you to do what Joe has done. Go back to your doctor and get a checkup. A routine visit annually is a, is a great idea, something that those of us in primary care certainly endorse. And I know the American Academy of Family Physicians is certainly looking um, and working hard to ensure that all patients have that, uh, that opportunity at no cost to them and encouraging insurances to pick those tabs up. You can download that that particular interview on our WKOK podcast page or wherever you download your podcast, Spotify. Uh, Our (laughs) downloads on Spotify never get pulled down for foul language. Uh, You can find all the Rock Red for Healthy Hearts information at WKOK.com. Believe it or don't, some lawmakers in Harrisburg are taking a first serious step toward legalizing recreational marijuana in Pennsylvania. A hearing is scheduled for today to talk about the idea of possibly considering passing a bill that might permit... idea of possibly considering. Well, I, I want to couch this accurately that this is just, you know, on, on a very tall ladder. This is the very first rung. But the state Senate Law and Justice Committee will be the first to uh, ha- hold a legislative committee hearing on a legislation that would legalize or decriminalize marijuana. The committee chair, Mike Regan, a Republican from York County, has invited representatives from law enforcement, the criminal justice arena, and many others to speak at this first set of hearings. So they want to do it right. Make sure they do so in an informed fashion. Okay. Is that pretty funny? All right. Republicans in Harrisburg not endorsing anybody in the field of governor, U.S. Senate, or lieutenant governor. So good for them. I was glad to see that. Isn't that funny? As crazy as the national Republicans are, that's how smart the state Republicans are. And finally, you probably saw this, Joe, Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, attended the opening ceremonies of the Beijing Olympics where he promptly fell asleep. What's worse? (laughs) is that he appeared to specifically be dozing off during the entrance of the athletes from Ukraine, where Russian troops, of course, are stationed on the border. Don't forget Russia's banned from the Olympics for ongoing doping scandals. Was he faking it? The world will never know. Some people speculate he was just trying to show that he didn't care about the Ukrainian team and several other teams while he was at there, at there. The thing. All right, 1 800 795 9565. Dan has waited a good long time uh, and uh, through the headlines. Go, good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning, fellas. Why, you know, over the years, when President Trump was president, Vice President Pence, 
they called Pence a bootleg, bootlicker, Trump's patsy. Well, they, they proved to be wrong again. The other day, Pence took the stand. It was his duty with what he had to certify the election for Joe Biden. And that's exactly what he did all, you know, all during Trump's protest for him not to certify it. He took the right stand to certify the election, even though he knows, most of us know, that it really wasn't a legitimate vote. We all, most of us know that, but Pence did the right thing in order to have a smooth transition from Trump to Biden. And I, I admire Pence for taking that stand. Well, I think he was a good lieutenant for the president uh, up until, you know, near the end when President Trump was uh, conversing about several different ways to take the election, even though he hadn't legitimately won it. But, you know, he was certainly aware of the fake slates of electors that was being that were being sent to Washington. And that's not a crime. It isn't a crime to talk about, you know, encouraging Mike Pence to do the wrong thing. I don't think it was a crime to uh, talk about uh, seizing voting machines in other states. Of course, nobody did that. It wasn't a crime to talk to, to Rudy Giuliani. But I think those those mindsets and the advice he was receiving and the legal advice he was receiving and contacting uh, Attorney General Barr and all that about, you know, uh, can you investigate or somehow take over the election, even though it was legitimately connect, uh, conducted. And, of course, uh, Robert Barr said no. I, I think that's where you lost Pence. That's well, what, what, you, what you talk about doing and what you actually do right. are entirely different exactly. things. And a president might explore a number of different options, and that's his right. But what really what what it boils down to is what he finally does in the end, which was none of the above, except the encourage above. the insurrection. But beyond that, now how did he do that? Oh, let's argue that after Dan's okay. done here <laughs> again well, you know, for the fiftieth time. You know, a lot of your local editors in our local newspapers, and I think one time I did call one of the editors. I sort of gave him a rough time for calling Pence a bootlegger, bootlicker. There you go. Yeah, President boot. Trump. Bootlegger would be a guy who sold yeah, illegal boots. I meant bootlicker, <laughs> okay. Trump boots, and I called him out on. It. I said that's very unfair. Trump's his own. Uh, Pence is his own man, and so is Trump. But Pence did agree with Trump agenda and program and I I see no problem a lot of us did but at the end Pence took a good stand I I agree that's what he had to do even though most of us do not think it was a fair election we actually think Trump won legitimately but that's water over the dam for now and what I hope what I could hope, that it could happen that if Trump does run in 2024, that Pence and Trump could run together again. Wow. 
That's what my hope would be, because I like both of them working together. Trump was in there tearing up the stumps, rooting things out, and Pence could follow after and smooth things out. They work together beautiful. It's too bad that they were... They're not in there right now. We'd have a different country. Haven't you mm-hmm. just described a bootlicker, though, Dan? No. No. Come on, Joe. I, I, <laughs> I agree with Trump, and I'm. I agree with most of his things. No, but you I, said I, that I like you said that Pence follows along behind him and cleans up. That sounds like a <laughs> rhetorically <laughs> speaking, I can't Joe. Explain things better. <laughs> It, whatever, you know what I meant. Joe knows what you meant. <laughs> He's just harassing you. Kamala Harris isn't doing any of that for Biden. <laughs> yeah, I like when Mike Pence said, uh, it, if, you, if you think I was at liberty to choose the vice president, do you want Kamala Harris to select your next president? <laughs> they go, oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it is. Exactly, and I, I think they were a great team. Pence and Trump. I, I hope that I, my only hope is that we could see them back in again. They, they, they could start cleaning up the mess that our president has made for us now. And that's, that could happen. I don't know if it will. Well, I think I think Pence is really running for himself at this point, getting ready to get his own presidential campaign going, and that's why he's doing this. He recognizes that about two-thirds of the Republican Party recognizes that uh, the RNC has been taken over by President Trump, and it's more of a cult than anything else. And uh, by the and th- this, we're only a year out of the Trump presidency, and already, you know, President Trump's control is fading. So I think Pence sees that now is the time to lay the groundwork and he should be back in 2024 running and uh, he'd definitely be on his own I doubt that this would be they'd be able to patch things up I don't I don't think honestly I don't think Pence could do near what Trump done Trump's a fighter he can get in there and fight and nothing stop him when he makes his mind up. I don't think I don't think our <laughs> not country facts, would not reason, got, nothing. <laughs> I don't think our country would be where it is, where it was. That's so divided. Without with Pence being president. I well, think that's it was true. a perfect I mean, match. Look at the, some of the other Republicans who ran. Think how our country would be different if some of those other Republicans uh, had won in 2016. Like Marco Rubio, a common sense it individual. It would be the right. same old, same old, same old. Yeah, it maybe. wouldn't be there. Just, well, if it weren't Trump, it probably would have been Hillary than a Clinton. Democrat. Yeah, you probably would have been a Democrat anyway. Probably would have been Hillary Clinton if it hadn't been President Trump. Okay, All right, we thanks, got you, Dan. Dan. Thank you so much. All right, taking a quickie break. We got tons to read on the radio, but we'll take callers. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. I say President Trump will run and will win again. Joe says he doesn't think so. What's your view on that topic? Call us now. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. 
That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Thank you, Rob, for being a fabulous producer. He's back after a, a week of uh, working from home remotely, so we appreciate him coming back, and he's on the other side of the class, so we appreciate everything. And uh, when I'm not here, he makes sure that the archives uh, go up, too. So he's he's a good egg. I think that's the right way to word it. Uh, Joe, you got enough to read in front of you for a week. Oh, let me give the phone number if you want to call us, 1-800-795-9565. Mike Pence had remarks on Friday indicating that he didn't have the ability to overturn the election while pronouncing the uh, state's electoral returns in the U.S. Senate, if I'm wording that correctly, and uh, to which everybody seems to agree. Pence would have been the first person in the history of the nation to do so, but he did not. Of course, he did his constitutional duty. Of course, we talked about Spotify, and they will not be silencing Joe Rogan, by the way, even after a video compilation of him repeatedly using the N-word surfaced this week. Is there a call to take Rogan off of Spotify altogether. You know, it's funny because the talking heads I saw this morning said, nobody wants to shut him up. Well, yes, okay. they do. They just want him to apologize and not use those words anymore. Who wants him off the air? Or I off think, the I think a, lot of, a lot of people on the left do because they say he's um, what, what is it? He's misleading people about the virus. Oh, about the information. But well, he, yeah, but that's free he, speech. He brings people on. As I, I have seen elements of his program, but it looks to me like he brings people on. He talks to them and he questions them and he provides a platform for people to express opinions other people may not like which is not unlike what we do here right i was just going to say <laughs> when's the last time you heard an interview when a person sat across the table on the phone and said something you knew wasn't true but you didn't stop it here here right <laughs> we do it all the we time we allow people to speak that's the right. that's the whole idea behind free, free speech. speech is wonderful all right, right so that's joe rogan we talked a little bit about him canadian truckers that topic came up uh, so maybe you know some uh, facts about that and now we have all these people commenting on what we were talk to, talking talking right, about go ahead all right this is the latest one we'll start with this oh that's a meme so we'll have to come back to that just later on just hit delete well to i'm going to come back to it uh, i think a new tv show should be called the masked politician of course, this is a joke, but imagine if we only knew about what a candidate stands for without making a decision on political party, man, woman, white, or black. Signed by Dave. To. That's a great idea. Thank yeah. you. Uh, once all this woke nonsense is done, white American men should be considered marginalized. <laughs> right. They'll have to have a, a recourse. Another writer says, if you watch the news for entertainment, it says some of the best drama comedy currently on the air. If you're watching for current events, sorry, you're SOL. 
I think I know what that means. <laughs> uh, then somebody sent us a meme that said, I remember AOC saying protests were good. And there's a picture of a, apparently a liberal in December of 2021 staring at his computer saying, make life as difficult as possible for the unvaccinated. Don't let them go work or out in public. Make them feel pain. And then there's the bottom is a liberal in 2022. Why won't they stop honking? We're talking about the truck. Truck drivers, right. And then Dick says, the fact that the USA surpassed 900,000 COVID-19 deaths this past week made me flash back to my iPad photos. When this thing got going two years ago, I kept daily track of cases, deaths, photos off the Johns Hopkins site, and so on. On March 20th, 23rd, 2000, we were at 473 deaths in the USA, 473 in less than two years, 900,000. And some think this is not a real thing. No shots, no masks. Not my problem. Our health care workers are worn out. People are dying. We are headed to one million. Stand your ground. Not my problem. Well, I think there's a le- go ahead and hit the le- yeah. Thank you. I, I think there's legitimate questions as to all the whether or not all the individuals in the 900,000 died from COVID-19 or their comorbidities or not. We know that 900,000 people may have died with COVID-19, but did they die from it? Is uh, I, I think it's a legitimate question, and and slowly I think when this is over, we'll start to sort that out a little bit. But in the meantime, get COVID, go to the hospital, even though you have terrible lungs and heart to start out with you die, your death is attributed to COVID-19. And maybe that's perfectly legitimate. Maybe you would have uh, been okay otherwise, even though you had comorbidities. So um, I I think that it's legitimate. Well, I certainly think if somebody hastens your death, in other words, you you may have comorbidities, but if you get COVID and you wind up dying, you know, the question becomes, would you have died at that exact point anyway if you didn't have COVID? And I think the answer would be, no, you probably wouldn't have. So it's fair to attribute those deaths to COVID, right? So, so, yes. one 800 You agree with me? Yes. one 800 Well, that's an occasion for writing something down. Just so I can move on. one 800 Trying to marginalize my opinions again. <laughs> no, not really marginalize. More like... Ignore, Ignore them. Right. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, none relate to Pence, right? Okay, so we're good. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, Eric, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. So, Joe, uh, it seems like Vice President Pence is drawing a line in the uh, the Washington, D.C. dirt, as it were. Um, <laughs> you think um, he's, he's mulling over running for office uh, presidency or has a political future with the Republican Party? Oh, I don't know. You'd have to ask. Uh, you'd have to ask the people in he's the area, the constituency that he's going president. to run for. He's running for. President, I don't think Joe. he is running for president, and no I don't brother. think he could get elected. And not because he isn't competent, but he's just not the kind of fire in the gut politician that usually seeks the presidency. I don't think he he's not the person who would you know believes that everything should be sacrificed in order to gain power. He's not a. Not a, well, I forget what that guy's name was, who was a, in the late eight, early 1900s, late 1800s, who was such a power-hungry uh, politician, the stalwarts. can't remember his name at the moment. Roscoe Conkling. 
He's not a Roscoe Conklin. What are we, Statler and the other guy? <laughs> Stat Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. let's be honest, Joe. Who is a Roscoe Conklin, whoever that is? I, I think you made that up. No, no I didn't um, make that up. <laughs> I, I appreciate, and, and obviously, you know, you can guess my political affiliation. That's what I was asking you, because I think you're a stalwart, like, you know, lifer uh, Republican would think that he there could be a coalition around him to say, hey, okay, uh, we, we see what happened in the past. We want to take the Republican Party in a new direction, and perhaps no. Vice President Pence could be that person. I think he would be George Bush, too. And I don't know whether that would be good or bad for the Republican Party. It certainly would be stability. And I, uh-huh. I think George Bush was stable, and he was, I, I'm talking about the son, not the father. The father was okay, too, but George Bush served eight years, his dad only four. I think Pence would be in that mold. And I'm not certain that that's what we need at this point. I think we need somebody who's more more aggressive. I think somebody who would fight like Donald Trump without the meanness, the nastiness, the pettiness, and all the other baggage that Donald Trump drug into the White House with him. And this is the antidote, and it doesn't mean anything for anything, but very good friends of ours were recently down in a, a Caribbean island and happened to be dining right next to Mr. and Mrs. Pence. Uh, my good friend had a, a minor medical emergency, had a reaction to something he ate, and the Pences were extremely gracious, came over, said could they help, and uh, we're, we're very gracious folks. Uh, you know, it seems like more down-homey, you know, you know, out in public without, you know, an entourage type of folks. So uh, that's just an antidote, just want to throw in there. Well, you're a history buff. Your assignment for tomorrow is to look up Roscoe Conklin. Roscoe Conklin, right? Uh, Republican prior Republican. to uh, first Roosevelt or McKinleyan or or what? In the late 1800s, early 1900s. In the general era of that, and um, um, in the, roughly those years before before McKinley, but during the time of Garfield. Jeez. Okay, Louise. Garfield, who got assassinated, right? As so, did yeah, McKinley. So 1880 or so. Yeah, As yeah, did so. McKinley. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Garfield got assassinated as well, right? 1880, uh, elected. In and that then McKinley neck of the woods, got yes. In 1900. Yeah, yep. yeah. So. Jeez. Okay, thanks, thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Good history lessons. Boy, oh, boy. All right, 1 800 795 9565 is the open phone. Uh, we're talking about Mike Pence. Can he get elected uh, president? George Joe thinks he'd be a George uh, H. No, not no, H. George, w, Bush. George W. Bush, too. Uh, just sort of a milk toast leader. But no, might, I don't might think that. Him. I think steady, non, mm-hmm. non, you know, just somebody who's there every day, shows up, competent, does the job. Can we ever elect anybody like that? after President Trump? I don't know. You know, I think today you you look at the flamboyance that we seem to want in our political leaders, and I don't know. That's a good question, Mark. That's a very good question. Those who want to vote for Trump again would not want Pence as a candidate. Way too mellow. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. That's what we're saying. All right, some of the texts. Go ahead, Jim. All right. Uh, Insurrection, laughing out loud. There have been around 700 people for activities on January 6th, and how many have been charged with insurrection? Zero. I think it's 30 that are... Not with insurrection, though. It's sedition. Sedition, right. I realize that. But is, is, isn't that uh, insurrection's brother? I think they're related. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're <laughs> Maybe they're kissing they're cousins. They're at least cousins. All right, next All right. one. Cheney and Kissinger are rhino anti-Trumpers. The commission is far from bipartisan. The two Republicans were picked by Pelosi, not McCarthy. No, that's true. That is That is right. very true. <laughs> no, it isn't right. It is, shouldn't have done that. Of course, January 6th was legitimate political discourse. When compared to the BLM Antifa protest riots, that's 
what the Dems called the BLM activity. <laughs> so they're both illegally wrong. I agree. And truckers can stay in Canada if they refuse the vaccine. We don't need their goods. Oh, I'm sorry. Truckers can stay in Canada if they refuse the vaccine. We don't need their goods. Well, according to the CNN article that I read, which is now consists of everything I know about this, the big restriction is on U.S. truckers coming to Canada or Canadian truckers who spend some time in the U.S. You have to be vaccinated to get back into Canada. Even, so? And then get quarantined if you're not. <laughs> so tested and quarantined, well... That's, that's no way to run commerce. You know, we're talking about all these supply chain issues and how people are facing shortages of this, shortages of that. And then we're putting all these restrictions on truck drivers, the people actually bring us the stuff we need. <laughs> now, tell me what sense that makes. <laughs> hmm, okay. Good point when you put it that way. All right. One more in this And stack. then Trump campaigning to elect loyalists to oversee elections while overseeing the last election. We need to elect people who will count every vote not. <laughs> I don't think it means count every vote not. I think there was something else that was supposed no, to be No, I think he means we, uh, the Republicans, are trying to get people in there that will count every vote. Not. Not. Right. <laughs> I think. All I right. don't think that was the point. Steve, thank you for calling in. We're enjoying an open phone stay. We can talk about the topic of your selection. Yes, I'd like to talk about the recent DCNR town hall concerning the fiber dam repairs. Okay. And unfortunately, the town hall was just another means to communicate more bad news about the fiber dam and oh its uh, repeated failures. Um, still hoping that we can salvage this year's boating season, and I think with the correct approach, we absolutely can. Um, What's the correct and, approach? And well, so right now, I think all that's being looked at is... Um, a coffer dam structure that's part of the fiber dam structure itself. And I understand DCR's, DCNR's position that they don't want to risk damage to that because it is part of the structure in case we have high water. Uh, but there are contractors with the right skills and the right tools to build an independent coffer dam just upstream of the bag that needs to be replaced. Oh that would allow, allow Lake Augusta to be uh, you know, brought to normal depth. And then the area behind that would be available for work on the bag, you know, whenever that can be scheduled during the summer. So I think, I think what we need is folks to recognize that we can decouple the problems, right? We want to have a, a full lake, and we want to be able to do the repairs. What about the cost? Well, see, there you are asking the wrong question. The cost <laughs> is going to be if we don't have a boating season and all the millions of dollars that that activity pumps into the local economy doesn't happen. Uh, are you sure boating brings in millions yeah, of dollars? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. As an avid boater myself for 21 years, I, I don't see that it brought in. We used to have, uh, what, four or five marinas in the area, and I think there's only one or two left. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I was looking at some past daily item reports, and that's where those numbers came from. Hmm. And like you, I guess I have a healthy disrespect for some of the, the you know, what we see in journalism nowadays, but I took those at face value. Okay. Um, I mean, there, there's obviously, if you're out in the river, right, and you go up and down and you see the trailers and the boat docks and the cabins side by side by side, up and down the riverbanks, there's a lot of people. Right. People means economic activity. Um, you know, we keep refusing to do something to, to make this situation reliable, we're just going to push people away. We're going to push them into other forms of recreation or other locations to do it. 
But we used to flash. Well, we used to flashboard the dam. I can remember years and years ago. It was a big thing. Every year, the dam would be flashboarded in order to at least give you some additional water to uh, yep. to boat. It wouldn't be the full full depth of the uh, of the dam. But right. They can only go up about five feet. They can't go up eight feet. That's how big a bag is. Right. Right. And and that's that's part of the structure that's that's built into the dam where there are sockets that you put steel I beams in. And then you can put those flashboards up. So could they do uh, what that? What we need is something that's independent of that structure, so that we don't risk the damage, and we can go to a greater height. But what I was uh, going to what I was going to ask you is that what, what would be better from a from a recreational standpoint, uh, building up the flashboarding to five feet to give you five feet, or would it be better and then make the repair again next fall when the dam goes down, or to uh, you know do it and then hope you get it done before the season's completely over? Well, I, again, you know, if we get started in the spring and we put up a cofferdam structure that's independent, where we can go to the, the full 8-foot or 9-foot height, because um, it sounds like there's still a lot of uncertainty around when exactly the bag repair could happen. Um, again, I'm trying to decouple the problems, right? Yeah. <laughs> Give us something that allows Lake Augusta to come to full depth but you're While costing providing the flexibility needed to do the repair. You're spending more money in the process, yeah, which I think is one of the dilemmas. Well, and I think uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that they can work in the winter, so that's one of the dilemmas. But um, sure, I, they do the work themselves. I remember when the previous uh, uh, park manager yeah, when they're was working there. with the this the built-in structure of the dam, yes. They are doing that with their own crew. Right. That yeah, it's crazy. That has to be the case. And, and again, you're going back to what it's going to cost. Nobody's talking about what it's going to cost if we don't have the boating season, and I think that's a serious oversight. Right. Right. You lose you know, that millions of dollars. And the next dollars. thing that will happen is if we decide to try to push something forward, all the local municipalities are going to point at each other and say, well, you should pay more of this because more of the benefits in your backyard, right? We've seen that happen. All right. Yeah, nobody, it's not isolated to the communities that benefit. Somebody would have to right. ask, how much do we benefit from the fiber dam? But uh, Northumberland and Shemokin Dam might say, well, we benefit more. But right. it's a state. It's a state project. Right. That's anyway. And yeah. it's a local project. It's just the park workers working on the dam. It's not an outside crew. But there's other construction right. going on down there. The uh, uh, Fish Commission is built, going to be building a fish ladder around the dam. When? Uh, well, actually, they're coming to Shemokin Dam Borough Council tonight to present their plans and ask us for a, um, um, a, a not a lease, but a uh, right-of-way, if you will, uh, for it. Does that mean that all the downstream obstacles to the, the shad have been removed? Yep. Yeah, because they, they worked well, up the river. They're working up the river. They had to do it one okay. clip. But the uh, hydroelectric dams, like at Holtwood, the dam ladders don't, or the f dam don't work well. The fish ladders don't work well. They all have one in place, but none of them work exceedingly well. My favorite's the one where they put the fish in like a case, case and drop them up at the top and then send them down a chute. Right. An elevator for fish. All right. Big scoops, like a big front end loader, only it keeps circulating well, around uh, and around and around. Unfortunately, you can't can't do that with boats. And again, that was the point of the call. <laughs> that would be fun, um, though. Yeah, it would be fun. <laughs> All so, right. Thank you, so Steve. Again, I'm just hoping that folks will step back, think about the problems, realize that there's a way to separate them, 
you know, and take action while there's still time to do so. Well, I'm sure right. Representative Culver will be right on top of this, and I, I know Linda well enough to know that she'll be pushing uh, the CNR to get something done that makes the boating season somewhat possible. Yep, we'll, we'll have a conversation with her. We can talk to the park manager, see if he can uh, talk to us about some of the uh, do's and sure. don'ts and, and some of the factors you're talking about. All right, thank you so much, Thanks, Steve. Hey, I'd love you guys to schedule Secretary Dunn on the program. <laughs> she's been on Sunrise. I don't think she's ever been on On the Mark, then I recall. Not that well, I recall. Yeah, either. not lately. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank All you, right. sir. All right. 1 800 is our telephone number. Probably the most accessible state secretary of anything ever. So, Cindy Dunn, she's been here many times. All right. 1 800 795 We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. One of our smart, ultra-smart listeners nah. who's a Democrat, <laughs> liberal, and uh, is really something illegal. thinking about... <laughs> He's really thinking about you know, the nation as a whole and what would do us great in the U.S., and that's to have Tom Wolf run for president of the United States in 2024. Fight your car back on the road if you're driving off the road right Let's now. Let's put it. I'll put on a mask and elect the mask governor. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Ultra speedy dialers now. That uh, exhausts the texts and emails. I think we read everything. Yeah, we here. didn't get to finish our discussion about Joe Rogan. Um, Do you say the left wants him off? Of he Spotify? said there right. are no. This is what he said, and he apologized. He said there are no words I can say to adequately convey how deeply sorry I am for the way the Joe Rogan experience controversy continues to impact. Each of you. Uh, I'm sorry, this was Spotify Technology saying that in a memo to employees. I think it's important you're aware that we have had conversations with Joe and his team about some of the content in his show, including his history of using some racially insensitive language. (laughs) Following these discussions and his own reflections, he chose to remove a number of episodes from Spotify. He also issued his own apology over the weekend. Oh, wait. The key, this is from Spotify saying they didn't remove it, he did. He did. Okay. He added, according to the statement obtained by Fox Business, while I strongly condemn what Joe has said and I agree with his decision to remove past episodes from our platform, I realize some will want more. And I want to make one point very clear. I do not believe that silencing Joe is the answer. The statement comes as many people are calling on the platform to censor the former Fear Factor host podcasts. The Joe Rogan experience over the now viral video. Those who have previously been critical of Rogan's vaccination comments also piled on the criticism. 
Another criticism that I continue to hear from many of you is that it's not just about the Joe Rogan experience on Spotify. It comes down to our direct relationship with him. In last week's town hall, I outlined to you that we are not the publisher of his program, but perception due to our exclusive license implies otherwise. So I've been wrestling with how this perception squares with our values. So you can't download Joe Rogan on other no, uh, his, his relationship platforms. is with Spotify. Oh, right? just them. I Apparently gotcha. a very lucrative one for him, and it must be oh, for yeah, them as well. Oh, yeah, millions of dollars. They paid him quite a bit of money. But, you but know, look at the publicity it's generated. Well, maybe not all good publicity, but, you know, should somebody be silenced for things they've said in the past? In Hollywood, all publicity is good publicity. One of our listeners says... Joe Rogan is being railroaded by the tyrannical left. Shut down all speech they don't like. It's their way, pure evil. Yeah, Joe says he's heard that. That the people on the left are trying to get him off of Spotify. I have not heard that. It's certainly not this huge groundswell of momentum. There might be like a hashtag ban Rogan or something, but uh, I'd really like to say I don't think there's a widespread national movement to take him off podcast because if they did, then anybody else with a you know a possibly offensive podcast would have the same fate. Well, how far have we come in this country with respect to actually acknowledging the fact that free speech sometimes is going to be something we don't really want to hear? And, you I know, guess not too far. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, there's free speech I hear all the time that I don't like, but I don't want to shut like people what? up. Well, like people from the left saying this or that, because uh, I'm a conservative. <laughs> I'm on the right side of things. You're on the left. But we don't shut people down here and their, their comments. I know there are times you and I have both rolled our eyes at something someone has said on this program. Uh, not always the same thing, but once in a while we even roll our eyes at the same mm-hmm. thing. But we don't shut people up. I mean, the whole idea behind free speech is to hear different ideas. And our willingness to do that in this country, I think, has declined sharply. We now want to, we want to hold everybody everybody's feet to the fire. There's some people who believe that, that you shouldn't shop at Hobby Lobby because they feel this way or that way. There are other people who believe you How shouldn't shop How many times have you store. been to Hobby Lobby? Several. It's a great <laughs> store. <laughs> it's a great store. No, I will never go there, but I don't have you those won't. kind of hobbies. No, I wouldn't mind going. Well, there's there's wonderful things there. But, I, I mean, it's a great store. So mm-hmm. you don't like their faith, their religion, the way they practice their religion. They're not asking you to practice it. And I can tell you there's nothing in their store that discriminates against anybody that I've seen. <laughs> You know, they have some faith-based stuff, but that that's about it. So, you know, to want to shut people down and shut people out and close them and cancel them. All right, I have to shut you down and close you out, buddy. Oh, I knew you would do that. Because <laughs> I'm on the left and Joe's on the right, so we can't allow his political discourse to continue, even though he's still over there talking about I, Our CIA representative here is going to We have you. to get going. <laughs> it's time to end the show. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is WKOK Sunbury. Time for the Dan Patrick Show.